Hi, this is Rob Beardsley with Lone Star Capital, and today I want to talk about the way that the market currently is undervaluing income and overvaluing growth. So now before I jump in, I just want to say I'm not trying to say that there are deep discounts or bargains to be had out there. Everything is fully priced. Everything is expensive, competitive, etc. But with that being said, there's still this general um, aggressiveness around value add and maybe slightly less aggressiveness for more core plus type returns or more or deals that have more of an emphasis on cash flow. So, and this is interesting to me in our current market environment because I would argue that growth prospects, whether you're talking about rent growth or the implementation of a value add are more challenged today by the negative effects associated with COVID. Nevertheless, investors who, you know, whether you're a, a fund or a syndicator, you know, you're set up to deliver value add level returns, which are typically in the mid teens. And unfortunately, uh, in the core plus side of things where you're talking about buying quality assets for their yield, they don't deliver mid teens returns. So while that's a very attractive space to play, there aren't, uh, you know, there's a mismatch in return expectation or return requirement and what those types of deals are offering, in spite of the fact that they are potentially attractive, you know, not all again, but there are deals that are attractive in today's market that fall into that core plus bucket. And to define that a bit further, uh, you know, our sweet spot for something core plus would be something that's in a quality area, which, you know, we would define as having something like 70,000 plus median household income. And the asset would be ideally, you know, 1990s vintage or newer and something that's producing a healthy yield that we're comfortable holding for the longer term. And so the reason for this is actually because interest rates have fallen substantially uh, over the last you know, eight months. And that's really created a favorable spread between the cap rate that you can buy a core plus asset at and, the, and your cost of capital on your debt. And whenever you have a nice spread there, that's where you can generate some pretty attractive cash on cash returns, if nothing else, but on an interest only basis. And to do a quick uh, tangent on that, when interest rates uh, get lower and lower, right, when you're talking about 3% interest rates, the difference that amortization makes on your cash flow is tremendous. So when you're talking about amortizing a loan that is, let's say, 7% interest, it's only going to make your loan, amortization is only going to take your loan constant up to, let's say, 8%. So it's going to be a marginal change to your actual debt service payment and your cash flow. But if you're talking about a 3% loan and then that loan begins to amortize, the debt constant is going to pop up to something around 5.5%. So you're almost doubling your debt service when you amortize. So that's just a little tangent that when rates get really low as they are today, amortization really makes a big difference when it finally kicks in. And, and you know, and most of the time it does kick in unless you're doing interest only full-term interest-only debt. So just something to be aware of in your underwriting and make sure that you're still achieving uh, an acceptable cash flow return level when you begin to amortize. But back to the main subject, you know, today we have attractive core plus deals that you know, may not deliver eye-popping mid-teens returns, but has reasonable cash flow and you can hold for the long-term and take less risk. When we're talking about a cash flow deal, there's less execution risk in the business plan. You know, there's not 
renovations that we're trying to implement and, and higher rents that we're trying to achieve. We're really focused on optimally managing the asset and managing the expenses. So, uh, and <laughs> let's dive into another tangent on that. So when you're underwriting a value add deal, you know, a lot of the value, really the bulk of the value in a value add is created through the business plan, identifying mismanagement, high vacancy, deferred maintenance, and uh, renovation upside, and then executing that and then realizing that higher value through a refi or a sale. So for those types of business plans, where the value is, is through the deal sourcing and through the uh, underwriting, you know, having accurate underwriting that you've actually identified an opportunity, you can identify, you know, rent premiums, other income opportunities, expense reduction, you know, and that's more so on the underwriting side, sure, you have to implement it. But there's some wiggle room there. You know, if you go slightly over budget on your capex, it's not going to kill your deal. Now on the core plus side, it's really, there's still obviously you need to underwrite well, but there's more of an emphasis on management because you plan on holding longer term and there's less business plan there to execute to begin with. So there's less business plan to underwrite. You know, when you're underwriting a, a core plus deal, you're mostly underwriting in place cash flow and there isn't much else to do. So that's an interesting nuance that that's been on my mind for a while, which is just the fact that, you know, when it comes to value add, underwriting is the key skill set. And when it comes to core plus, management and operations is the key skill set. So um, yeah, circling back to the original video topic, I think it's pretty interesting in today's market, the way that there are attractive core plus opportunities, and much more so than value add opportunities. I think people are fighting over value add deals and, and whether or not they're even a value add is, is a question unto itself. Um, so I get really excited when I see a deal being marketed for sale and the, the words value add aren't even said because then I think, oh, wow, this is very interesting because pretty much every deal that you see marketed, even if it were just recently acquired and renovated, there's still some purported value add on it. So and I, when I see that, I automatically think this is overpriced and I'm looking at it very skeptically. So that's in stark contrast to a deal that let's say I'm reading an offering memorandum and there's no real value add pitch. I think, oh, wow, you know, either this is just a really bad broker or, you know, they're more honestly portraying the deal and maybe it can be bought at a more reasonable cap rate. Because as we all know, the cap rate on a value add deal is going to be compressed much lower than a core plus opportunity. And that's the reason why brokers pitch a value add is so that buyers will go in there optimistically underwriting all this future growth and be willing to pay more for the pr property today. And that's not what we want to do. We want to find properties that are fairly priced based on today's numbers and then, you know, enjoy that cash flow over time. Thanks for watching.